I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, ito po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast mula sa Quezon City. Kasama po natin si Attorney Ted De, former Supreme Court spokesperson, now back teaching at the UP College of Law. And sa TED Talks, Ted Te talks on all things law and government. Today, we will break down legal terms we often hear in stories about the West Philippine Sea and our territorial disputes with China. Okay, Ted, so we're talking about all of these terms that have come up Dami-dami na, nakaka, nakakalito na. And, and really, people use it interchangeably. We say sovereignty, we say territory. Is there a difference between all of these terms? Yes, there is a difference. There are definitions for each of those words or terms. No? Usually, the word sovereignty uh, refers to four aspects. No? First, a state that is sovereign has rights or power over a particular territory. Second is accountability and responsibility over a population. Third is uh, there are specific authorities uh, constituted. And fourth is that other sovereign states recognize the state as sovereign. So sovereignty basically pertains to legal authority of a state as constituted okay. to govern. Hmm. But legal authority meaning sovereignty is a more nebulous abstract term it, in the sense that it doesn't refer to a physical thing. Yes, it doesn't refer to a physical thing although one of the elements is territory. So that is physical. So for example, if a country splits into two uh, as a result, let's say, of a civil war, one of those two subdivisions later on is recognized as a sovereign state, then it has to have these four elements. Mm. So the sovereign refers to basically the leadership. I mean, for lack of a better term, it refers to the recognized ruler. It could refer to a king. It could refer to a government. It could even refer to people. That's what the Constitution says, that sovereignty resides in the people and all governmental authority emanates from them. So that's the essence of our uh, set up that the people own sovereignty and the reason why government is there is because the people constituted the government. Okay, so that brings us to the second term, territory. What is territory now relative to sovereignty? Well, territory is of course a specific area as defined by an organic act, a constitution or any similar basic or fundamental law of a particular state which has sovereignty. Territory is again one element of sovereignty because the sovereignty extends only to that territory. Beyond that territory, the sovereign cannot claim uh, any hold or any authority. So, for example, in the Philippines, our constitution defines what is the national territory. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, because kanina sinabi mo, yung sovereignty, there's an element of external recognition yes. of that. There has to be from the international community an understanding whether multilaterally, collectively, or bilaterally even, di ba? There's an element of that. Territorial definition is then what helps the international community to understand what exactly they are agreeing to or what they are yes, recognizing what they are recognizing so if the if other states other sovereign states recognize that this is the philippine territory then clearly they recognize sovereignty of the philippines over this particular territory so problems arise if other states come in and say well we also claim sovereignty over that particular territory is there a governing body on the global level that has more or less set the territories of each country? There is none. But of course, the United Nations, as a collective body of states and nations, the United Nations recognizes mutual sovereignty. Each state member of the United Nations is sovereign in itself. That's one of the strongest points, but that's also one of the weakest points of the UN because it recognizes that each state is sovereign, so it upholds sovereignty of states. But at the same time, it cannot insist on imposing its will because that state is sovereign. So sometimes that, that becomes a problem if there are other states, for example, that want to insist on a particular way of doing things. And one state holds out and says, no, we do not want to because we are sovereign. Wala magagawa UN doon. Hindi makakapasok, hindi pwedeng pilitin na UN. No, the most it can do is exert you know, what we call moral suasion. Other states can come in and say, oh, nakahiya ka naman, nag-iisa ka, yung parang ganun. So, that, that's basically it. So, yung case, for example, of, as you put it, different ways of doing things in terms of demarcating the bounds of your territories, that becomes relevant, especially now in the South China Sea. One of the things that China has become uh, controversial for is what they call the nine-dash line. And to make a long story short, the nine-dash line is China's way of defining its territory. But now we and other Southeast Asian nations are saying, wait, your line is encroaching into our definition of where our territories lie. Yes, and that was precisely the point of the case that the Philippines brought against China, to have the nine-dash line declared as uh, non-existent and not as a basis for its supposed historical claim. And the arbitral tribunal upheld the claim of the Philippines, saying that China's nine-dash line has no basis. The Philippines welcomes the issuance today, 12 July 2016, of the award by the arbitral tribunal constituted by the Permanent Court of Arbitration under Annex 7 of the 1982 United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea, or UNCLOS, on the arbitration proceedings initiated by the Philippines with regard to the South China Sea. The Philippines strongly affirms its respect for this milestone decision as an important contribution to ongoing efforts in addressing disputes in the South China Sea. That was former Foreign Affairs Secretary Perfecto Yasai delivering the country's response to the tribunal court's ruling back in 2016. One thing I'm curious about, you lawyers have also inserted the word rights into certain terms. For example, territory becomes territorial 
rights, di ba? Uh, sovereignty becomes sovereign rights. When I append the term rights, this, is that necessary or are you just trying to be fancy about the same thing? No, we're not trying to be fancy. There are meanings to that. For example, under the UNCLOS, United Nations uh, Convention on the Law of the Sea, in the UNCLOS, sovereign rights is a term that is used to denote the privileges of a state within a defined area of the sea called the Exclusive Economic Zone or the EEZ. So, meron kang karapatan na gamitin, uh, i-exploit, no, linangin yung mga resources doon. Pero hindi ibig sabihin, ikaw ang nagmamay-ari nun. Hindi po teritoryo yan. We only have sovereign rights. Sovereign rights means exclusive right to explore and exploit. That was Harry Roque differentiating the term sovereignty and sovereign rights back in 2017. Okay, let's put that into the context of the EEZ because that is another term that people have uh, are familiar with but they don't necessarily understand the exclusive economic zone there is a math formula for this diba right? yes it is 200 nautical miles from the baselines from which the territorial sea is measured so yung dulo ng ating baseline you extend 200 nautical miles yun yung eez now the baseline is not one point it goes all around the all our islands so if you were to imagine let's say drawing an outline around uh, the Philippine maps, you, you measure 200 nauticals all around. That's our exclusive economic zone. Yes. But we got into this discussion because you were, you were saying, my distinction, John, no? that is your exclusive economic zone as recognized by the international community. And you have sovereign rights over what is within that exclusive economic zone. But you don't necessarily have sovereignty? Okay, Article 56 of UNCLOS says, Within this EEZ, a state has sovereign rights for purposes of exploring, exploiting, conserving, managing natural resources of the waters super-adjacent to the seabed and of the seabed and its subsoil. It's a te- whole host of technical definitions. No? But basically, what sovereign rights over the EEZ would mean is basically to to exploit the natural resources. You're allowed to do that. So, no? kung may langis dyan, pwede kong pwede kunin yan. Kunin. Pwede mong gamitin, pwede mong linangin, pwede mong exploit. But having sovereign rights over a particular area, such as an exclusive economic zone, does not confer sovereignty. An EEZ is not sovereign territory. Okay, so the way we're picturing it is, for example, if you have an, a perfectly circle island A, and a perfectly circle island B, and they are 300 nautical miles away from each other, inevitably, there, uh, between the two of them, there will be an overlap of their, of their respective 200 nautical miles on all sides. Yes, but that's the reason why it's called the exclusive economic zone. Within that zone, ikaw yun. Mm. Yung overlap, yan ang pag-aawayan. Okay. And therefore, the, the, if the EEZ is calculated on the basis of your farthest point, then that's why every island becomes important because every island to the east, to the north, to the south, and to the west 
basically extends your EEZ by another 200 nautical miles? Tama yun. So even yung definition, no, very technical na to, yung definition mga rocks and everything, ano yan, uh, binibilang yan to see if it can create an EEZ. Kasi pwede mo i-extend talaga siya. I remember Justice Scarpio, the Supreme Court, in one of his lectures saying that because the Palawan, no, tuloy-tuloy, napakahaba ng baseline na yun, talagang maluwag yung EEZ natin kasi ang haba ng, ng baseline natin, ang coastline natin. Okay. So, another term, a term that has now come into our vocabulary, is patrimony. Is patrimony different pa from sovereignty and territory? Well, yes. Patrimony basically is ownership of property, ownership of anything. Just like a, an individual, a, a state, a country can have patrimony. For example, context of the Philippines, all natural resources are part of the patrimony of the state. The state owns the natural resources and no private person can actually own it unless the state grants that private person the right to own those resources. Now, we get into this discussion because in the same way that you append rights to sovereignty, people have also appended and made a distinction on patrimonial assets. What does patrimonial assets refer to? Okay, let me go to three provisions of the Civil Code first to explain that. Now, f- Articles 419, 420, 421. 419 defines property as either being of public dominion or of, a, or of private ownership. So it defines property based on ownership. It's either public or private. And then under Article 420, it specifies which are publicly owned. Public dominion would be those intended for public use, such as roads, canals, rivers, etc., etc., including banks, shores, and others of similar character. Then, pangalawa, those which belong to the state, which, uh, with, without being for public use, but are intended for some public service. Okay, yun yung public dominion. 421 says, all other property of the state, which is not of the character stated in the previous article, is patrimonial property. So, by default, by elimination, patrimonial property would be those that are not for public use, are not uh, set aside for public service, or for any uh, act that would develop the national wealth. Example. Example. Natural resources that are, you know, reserves. Yung mga kaya mo pang kunin, nasa ilalim pa, hindi mo pa din na-develop. Yan, patrimonial yan. Kasi hindi mo pa ginagamit for public use. Hindi mo pa din reserve for public use. The default is, all natural resources under the Constitution, all lands, are owned by the state. So the question only is, is it public dominion or patrimonial? For patrimonial, uh, assets, a law has to declare it as patrimonial because it's not being used for, for public use. By, or, by patrimonial, you hmm. mean this is for ownership? This is for ownership. Well, well it's the, owned. It's uh, owned by the state. It's owned by the mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we start from the assumption um, that all land in the Philippines is owned by the state. Yes. Right? Yes. And then it will now be, you will need a law to declare specific areas as for patrimonial patrimonial assets for patrimonial assets mm. now patrimonial assets basically says pagmamayari yan ng estado at bukod doon we recognize na merong pwedeng gamitin diyan pwede mo ibenta ah pwedeng ibenta pwede, pwede, pwede mo ibenta kasi it's you know, it's like anything because you're not using it for the public use ah 
So, pwede mo ibenta. Oh, so, that's that's where it, it's the state is basically behaving, as you said, like a private owner. As a private owner. Pwedeng yes. mag-buy and sell. Yes. Now, the other side doon sa patrimonial asset na pwedeng ibenta is the... No. Uh, if it's not patrimonial... It, if it's not patrimonial, then it's public dominion. Okay. No, yun, public hindi, dominion. Mo pwedeng, hindi mo pwedeng i-ano yun, i-ibenta yun. Hmm. Kasi it's really intended for public use. So, for example... Uh, there are lands that cannot be what what we call alienated or disposed of. No? Kasi those are for public use. Yung patrimonial asset, is that the same as alienable and disposable? Well, es- essentially, yes. It will have to be patrimonial, yes. Okay, so everything... That's why there is a law that must say alienable and disposable. Yan. Ah, I see. Okay. Ngayon, kung hindi, it is for public... It is public dominion. Yes. For example, uh, you know, mga forest reserve, mga ganun. Hindi mo pwede ibenta yan. Hmm. So if it's a, if it's a mining reserve, if it's a, a forest reserve, um, and all the way extending to the sea, can you de- do you have to declare certain areas in the sea as as a reserve or as mm-hmm. a protected area or whatever? Yes, in order to dispose. Okay. Then then otherwise it's considered public dominion. Now, of course, one big context here why why we have been trying to understand all of these terms over the past uh, years is precisely because we in the reality of China's military might and for that matter China's de facto control over the South China Sea. Now, this is the whole point in bringing this question, this matter, to the permanent court of arbitration and basically saying, yes, we recognize the reality, but this refers to our sovereignty, our territory, our patrimonial assets, and our sovereign. I agree. That is exactly the point why in 2013 the Philippines brought China to court and why the ruling by the Permanent Court of Arbitration meant so much not only to the Philippines but basically to everyone under the UNCLOS. That ruling clearly defined the limits of China's reach debunking the nine-dash line, affirming the Philippines' formulation of its EEZ over its sovereign rights. So I think the ruling was important not only for us, but for other states as well under the own clause. Okay, now just to be clear, the ruling did not say per se what is the territory of no. the Philippines. No, it's it actually the other way around. Yes. The ruling basically said to China and to the world the limits of China's territory. Yes, by debunking the Nine Dash Line. Yes. Okay. I think that uh, helps us to understand a lot of uh, the terms. Uh, maraming salamat, Ted Te. Huwag kalimutan mag-subscribe sa Puma Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to TED Talks on Puma Podcast. Just search for us on Spotify, Anchor, and Stitcher. Ako po si Robbie Alampay. This episode was produced by Katrina Ventura and edited by Nico Bolante. Maraming salamat po. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.